everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's season five, episode six, and the birds are coming off a Monday night football victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Coupons looked like Kirk Coupons in primetime. Darius Slay is ready to bring the hammer and Jalen Hurts. Proven the haters wrong. Let's go. Uh, we're heading down to Washington, a.k.a. Maryland, this week to take on the Washington Commanders. And there is no better way to break down an Eagles-Commanders matchup than with my good friend Lake Lewis Jr. So stay tuned for my conversation with my buddy Lake. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI for the best goddamn Eagles coverage in the game, plus every other Philly sports team, because we show love for everybody. It's the city of brotherly love for crying out loud. And um, it's at Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And make sure you guys are leaving five-star ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify. Let us know how you're feeling about this Birds team so far this season. And the more you subscribe, the more you leave ratings and reviews, it helps more people find the show and gets more people involved with the underground community that we are building here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where we give you full video episodes of every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast that includes Eagles enemies this year. First time full video form for Eagles enemies in this show's history. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon and comment down below your thoughts on this matchup between the Birds and the Commanders. And without any further ado, let's chop it up with the one and only Lake Lewis Jr. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are 2-0. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off a very convincing Monday night football win on ABC against the Minnesota Vikings. Darius Slay is playing at an all-time level. Jalen Hurts is proving the doubters wrong. And now we're getting set for a road trip a little bit down the way to say hello to an old friend, Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. And there's no better way to talk about the Commanders than with my good friend, Lake Lewis Jr., Welcome back to the show, Lake. And uh, how are we feeling so far? You know, two weeks into the Carson Wentz era in Washington D.C. Uh, good to be back with you too, my friend. You know, Carson Wentz is—he's—he's uh, he's played well. He really has. I mean, he's had—you know—he had the two, you know, really poorly thrown interceptions going back to the Jacksonville game, and then he had a uh, pick in this past game against Detroit. But overall, I think he's played exceptionally well. And he's given this offense something that they haven't had. And they haven't had a big, strong quarterback who can push the ball down the field the way he does. So uh, with the young weapons that they have in Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson, I think there's a lot of room for optimism uh, that he can continue to play at this level. But we've just got to keep him upright because the offensive line, you know, Detroit was bringing a lot at him last week. And Philadelphia has a great front four. So, you know, you, you just hope that you can keep him upright. But – I think everyone feels good about the offense. It's just the defensive side of the ball that's giving a lot of people fits right now. Let's talk about that matchup because, you know, as everybody says, football is one in the trenches, and this Washington offensive line going up against this Eagles revamped, very deep defensive line, as well as 
arguably the best linebacker group that I can remember the Eagles having probably since like 2004. It's absolutely wild to think that the Eagles have a solid core of linebackers now. What are you looking for from this Washington offensive line, especially going up against, you know, defensive edge rushers, defensive tackles that kind of know Carson Wentz's tendencies like a Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, you know, guys like that who have been around Carson Wentz in his career and kind of know how he operates in and out of the pocket. What are some things you're looking for matchup wise to see how, you know, this Washington offensive line can kind of stand up against this, uh, this Eagles front four. And of course the front seven as well. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to do an outstanding job come Sunday. I mean, they, the, the Eagles defense, you know, is, is, is really solid, you know, and then uh, you think of Jordan Davis in the middle now, you know, another young piece that they've added in. I mean, they've got weapons all over their defensive side. I think the one part of the field that you may be able to get into is once you get past the first, you know, two tiers, once you get into the secondary, of course, they've got, you know, really solid corners and a great corner in, in Darius Slay. Um, but I think if, if you were to ask me today, where's the one area where you're still not sold on the Eagles? For me, it's got to be the safeties. So, you know, that's where you might see a guy like a Curtis Samuel in the middle of the field where they're running stuff, posting things like that, where they can bring up those safeties and make them honest. Uh, but on, on the other side is that you got to be able to run the football. And that might be difficult because, you know, their, their, their true starting running back was a rookie who came in and took everybody by storm and Brian Robinson Jr. Unfortunately, you know, we, he had a tragic situation happen uh, where he was carjacked and shot. Um, but he looks to be back on pace to maybe be back after week four. So, you know, I think that this would have been the perfect game to be able to show what he could do because he's more of a, a, a you know, he's a big back. He can catch, but he's also a battering ram. And that's what you need against a defense like Philadelphia is a fast flying around defense. You kind of need to wear on, wear on them just a tad to slow them down and, and slow the game down. So to get back to your original question, I, I just think for Washington to have any success on offense, they've got to try to establish the run. Even if they're not effectively accumulating yards, they're accumulating the amount of plays that they do run the ball to keep everyone honest. And then maybe your 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 wide receivers, the three-headed monster that they have, you know, can cause some damage on, on the outside. And, you know, you bring up the running back position, and how have you kind of assessed Antonio Gibson trying to stay afloat, you know, while Brian Robinson Jr. has been out to kind of, you know, at least keep his name in the mix once he returns and, you know, kind of be a one-two punch running back dynamic. But how has Antonio Gibson been when it seemed like he was kind of, you know, on the outside looking in until, you know, the unfortunate circumstance with Brian Robinson. I mean, Antonio is a good football player. I mean, he, but he's a guy that he's not a natural running back. So, and you could tell, you know, you can see the difference between him and Brian Robinson, even though Brian Robinson hasn't taken a regular season snap, what you saw in training camp, what you saw in preseason with Robinson is his Alabama pedigree. You, you know, he immediately knows what gap to hit, you know, what hole to hit. Um, you can tell by the way he runs as far as how he switches hands when contact's coming there. Those are just things that are embedded in running backs' minds. And if you're Antonio Gibson and you're a supporter of his, you have to understand that, you know, he was a wide receiver in college. So when he came to Washington, they saw something in him enough that he played some running back in college, but he was more of a Swiss Army Knight. And I think that that's how they envisioned using him originally when he was drafted. 
but his body's grown. He's built himself up a little bit to be more of a, a durable type back. It's just that that's not his vision isn't there. So, uh, again, this would have been the perfect game to, to, to have a Brian Robinson Jr. kind of put his name out there to the masses and see what he could do. That'll have to wait, you know, for a couple more weeks until they play again back in Philadelphia. Uh, but, but with that said, Antonio Gibson, you know, he's capable, but he's more of a volume back. In order for him to really get a flow for what he's trying to do out there, he's got to get a lot of touches. And what I do like what they're doing with him is they're kind of taking him back to his roots in college where, you know, he was a wide receiver. So they're spreading him out a little bit. So, you know, even if he's back behind center or back behind Carson Wentz, he still goes out to the flats. And that's what you want. You know, you got to get the ball in his hand because he is a mismatch for a lot of linebackers out there. So that could be an intriguing matchup, the fast athletic linebackers for the Eagles and seeing if they can take Antonio Gibson's game away from him coming out the backfield for, uh, for you know, receiving. And, you know, you, you brought up the secondary with the corners that the Eagles have now. And again, you know, just like the linebacker core that this team has, I can't remember the last time the Eagles have had two formidable Pro Bowl caliber cornerbacks. Now James Bradbury, opposite of Darius Slay, and then the Eagles also bring in C.J. Gardner-Johnson to kind of convert him to safety to play alongside Marcus Epps. How do you kind of view, you know, the way that Carson Wentz, you know, as I remember him and have seen him play, and now that you've gotten a chance to watch him as well, you know, he is a he is a gunslinger type of quarterback. He likes to push the ball down the field, knowing that the Eagles have these kind of guys who can go out there and kind of play that ball hawk center field type of corner defensive back position not to mention Avante Maddox as well in the slot how do you kind of perceive that matchup going if Carson Wentz is trying to push the ball down the field to a Curtis Samuel to a Terry McLaurin going up against Darius Slay uh or even Dotson you know who's probably going to match up against James Bradbury yeah you know you you've got to you got to play to win and if they think that this offense is going to be what you know they they envision it being and it's it's kind of close already um, you've got to attack Philadelphia. I mean, you can't look across and, and decide, you know, we can't do certain things because Darius Slay's over here. He's on Terry McLaurin. I mean, Terry McLaurin just got a big bag this offseason, and it's not to stay away from him. It's to go to him regardless of who's who's checking him, you know, or who, who's who's defending him. So I think if you're Washington, you, you, you show your respect to Philadelphia's defense and certain players, but you still got to go at them. You still got to got to make them earn their paycheck as well. And I've never been in the camp of, of, of stay away from a guy because of his accolades and his, his record. He could have a bad game that game, but you won't know if you're afraid to try him. So I'm trying them early and I'm trying them often. And, and, and I'm, you know, putting my money, if I'm a Washington commander's coach, then my guy's going to win the matchup. My guy's going to win the 50-50 ball. And then if you see that they can't, then, you, you know, you adapt and you come up with something else. But I think Washington's offense really, really good. And I think that they have the potential to be one of the better offensive units at the end of the year, uh, you know, with what they have. And again, with Brian Robinson coming back to add to the arsenal, their tight end room's been nicked up. Most of them didn't play all throughout the preseason or training camp. So Logan Thomas, you know, suited up first game, played last week, had some catches. But you can see that his rhythm isn't there yet and it's starting to come back slowly. But you, you know from your time covering Carson Wentz up there, Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. That he and does. He and he hasn't truly gotten them involved to the, to the clip that I thought he was, but that's because they're coming back and they're working themselves back in shape too. So this could be a game 
that a, a guy like Logan Thomas could, could really have kind of like this year's coming out for him, um, you know, and maybe get six, seven catches in this game. And that would take a lot of pressure off the receivers as well as Antonio Gibson and Carson Wentz. And, you know, you brought up the defense for, you know, this Washington team. But before we get to them, we're, we're pretty deep into the Ron Rivera era in Washington. What's your assessment been of, you know, him kind of being the leader of this team at that head coach spot and, you know, what he's been able to do, you know, to kind of keep this team in the limelight, more focused on the team than everything that has been occurring, you know, off the field per se. Uh, but what's it been like, you know, now that there's been a few years under the belt of Ron Rivera in Washington? I mean, he's brought professionalism to the bunch. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're definitely a more, uh, you know, tightly ran organization. Um, but with that said, you know, I want to see Ron Rivera adapt as well because, you know, the name and everything sounds like he's had nothing but success, but it's actually been the flip side. I mean, he's 3-11. and 11. Three and twelve, as far as three winning seasons and twelve years as a coach, that's not getting it done for most coaches. Most coaches, you'd be out of the league or you'd be a coordinator somewhere, a position coach. Um, but for Ron Rivera, it's kept him working, and um, I think that's because people respect the professionalism and the manner in which he approaches the game. So Washington now, they've got to start, you know, doing something with the X's and O's side of the ball. I mean, there's too much talent especially on the defensive side of the ball, Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, he's under a lot of heat. A lot of fans want him out. Um, I'm one of the very few media that, I don't want to say very few, but I'm one of the media members that, that says he's got to step it up. He's got to call better games, and he's got to get his players in position to make plays, the same plays we saw them making in college. As All-Americans, they're struggling as pros. Um so something's got to give. You've got to get them in a better opportunity, better situation to, to, to play downhill and fast football where they're not thinking like robots. And this is that type of game. You know, Philadelphia's got talent all across the board, great running back room. Uh, you know, you, you, you have A.J. Brown now who's doing great stuff. Um, Devontae Smith. I mean, you, you, Devontae Smith, you have so much going for you offensively, Jalen Hurts. But, you know, with the Eagles, one thing that we can say so far as great as the offenses look, they haven't put the ball in the end zone as far as passing, you know, one passing touchdown. Um, so you've got to be able to bring some pressure with Jalen Hurts and watch your gaps because we all know this guy's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league as well. So you just got to pay your positions, you know, play your spots. Um, don't overcommit on the edges coming around because he'll come underneath you. Um, and then you got to take away the big plays because that's what's killed Washington. Uh, pretty much since Ron Rivera's come here, their defense has been gashed with huge plays. And if they can limit that, it gives them the best chance to be able to compete and possibly steal the game on Sunday. I think it's going to be a daunting task to do that, but I still think that that's, that's the blueprint that you have to have. Make Jalen Hurts very uncomfortable um, and make him beat you with his arm because he's proven over and over he will destroy teams with his legs. So you got to make him stay in the pocket and just take your chances. And luckily, I think, you know, that Monday night game was the best opportunity for Jalen Hurts to kind of showcase that he is an accurate passer, became the first, uh, you know, player in NFL history to, you know, have 300 plus passing yards an 80 plus uh, completion percentage and then rush for two touchdowns. And the one passing touchdown that you brought up that happened on Monday night was one of those big explosive plays, a 69 yard touchdown to Quez Watkins. How do you kind of 
view this Washington defense matching up with the versatility that Jalen Hurts presents with his legs, with his arm ability, and then all the weapons that you rattled off, including, you know, Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins in the fold. And then you have, you know, that running back arsenal. Miles Sanders looks like he's back from, you know, just even below the dead because scored his first rushing touchdown this year since December of 2020. And then you throw into the mix a Boston Scott, a Kenneth Gainwell. They, uh, they certainly have the weapons now, and that has kind of been the talk of the town uh, when it comes to Jalen Hurts. He doesn't really have the excuses anymore now that all the weapons are around him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, the, the Eagles are loaded. Like we said, they've got talent everywhere, and Washington struggles with the big plays, and it seems like the Eagles are making big plays this year. You know, So it's kind of pick your poison. You take the running game away, and, you know, if you take one facet away, there's two, three other facets to the Eagles offense. Um, if you take Miles Sanders in the running back room away, are you taking Jalen Hurts' legs away? If you're taking his legs away, now are you taking Smith and Brown and Watkins and Goddard? Are you taking their passing game away? So th- this is a game where the one thing I need to see Philadelphia be able to do um, before I'm convinced that they're a Super Bowl team, and I think that they're close. And if they can prove this to me the next phase, then I know they are a Super Bowl contender. And that's how tough are they, you know, because a lot of teams look cute and they're, you know, they, they, they can put up the numbers and everything's fast and, you know, but, but when a team smacks you in the mouth, how do you respond? And I kind of saw Detroit do that in the second half against Philadelphia. They kind of punched them in the mouth and got right back in that football game. Philly responded quite well, don't get me wrong. Um, but last week, Minnesota, Minnesota's not the same team when they're outside of Minnesota. They're just not. Kirk Cousins, I've covered him for years. Uh, he's not the same quarterback on the road. He's just not. Um, so now you call, you go on the road, you know, uh, and in a divisional game um, against a familiar opponent and a desperate opponent. I mean, even though Washington's one and one, you know, they beat Jacksonville. It doesn't look like a bad win because Jacksonville beat Indianapolis last week. Um, but the way they lost to Detroit, they didn't just lose. They kind of got punched in the mouth themselves. So now I need to see them co- go back and get back to being physical and, and slowing teams down. They have enough talent on defense to do that, but they haven't been able to put it together in a couple of years, frankly, with all that talent. This is the type of game that you can make a statement that, you know, you're, you're ready to, you know, kind of um, excel. You're, you're, you're ready to show people that you can be a team that can compete for a playoff spot, too. But if you go out here and you get punched in the mouth by Philadelphia again, it's going to start being some grumblings here. That could be a long season. And, you know, we talked about the offensive line matchup between, uh, you know, Washington and the Eagles defensive line. On the flip side, this Eagles offensive line is regarded as arguably one of, if not the best in the NFL. How do you view that matchup with Washington's defensive line going up against, you know, some future Hall of Famers and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and the rest of this Eagles O-line? Well, you know, this is the thing. Whenever you look at a team and you can see that they can run the football the way the Eagles can at that clip, then that tells you that their offensive line's pretty good. You know, the league is set up now to be a passing offensive league. Uh, but when you can man up and knock guys back and run the ball down their throat, that means you're imposing your will physically on the line of scrimmage. And if the Eagles can come out and do that, um, you know, Washington's strength on defense is their front four. Uh, so they're going to need, it's like kind of like a clash of the Titans there. You know, 
each offensive line is going to have to try to early and often impose their will. And whichever team succeeds in that's going to win this football game. There's no doubt about it. I think with the Eagles, though, you know, their goal is to, to keep Jalen Hurts as clean as possible. The, the difference also is that Jalen Hurts, though, can take off on you and, like we said, beat you with his legs. So I think the Eagles' offensive line doesn't have to be great every week because they have such a dynamic quarterback and there's a lot of weapons. Um, they just have to keep them upright and keep them, keep them able to be comfortable to do the things that he wants to do. And if they can do that Sunday early, that'll dictate the tempo and the flow of the game. You know, A.J. Brown was the the big offseason acquisition for the Eagles. Uh, he's kind of imposed his will over both of the two teams that the Eagles have played so far this year. How do you view Washington trying to stop A.J. Brown from just being the, the game wrecker that he is? Man, that's going to be tough. I mean, you know, do you put William Jackson on him? Or, you know, at times you might have a Kendall Fuller matched up on him. But he's just so big and strong. Uh, it's not too many corners in the NFL that can match up with him, frankly. Um, and I was just surprised that Tennessee just let him get away. I mean, you got to give him the house, just keep him. Um, I look at him and he looks like, looks like T.O. That's my friend, good friend of mine. So he looks like T.O. in his uniform, you know, and, and it's just, uh, just to see him and, and, and to pair him with Smith and, and Goddard and now Watkins has emerged. Watkins has made people forget about Jalen Rager. It's like, you, you don't even remember him now. Um, it's just amazing to see that how they put this thing you know, together, Soriano and everyone. It's just amazing to see how they put this thing together overnight. Uh, when just two years ago, there was quarterback controversy, you know, coaching situation. And you guys were thinking, at least you got that Super Bowl in because you're not going to see another one for another 50, 60 years. Well, now you're a contender. <laughs> I mean, just overnight. So it's just interesting to see how they put all that together. It's amazing, actually. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just didn't see coming and you scratched your head when Jalen Hurts was the pick in the second round. And now, you know, you're thanking your lucky stars that Howie Roseman was able to pull that off. Uh, Lake, we have incorporated a fun, you know, ending piece of Eagles enemies with our guests. And this one's kind of, you know, hits right at home for Washington. Obviously, the stadium not in the best of states uh, over the past couple of years. If you were to pick a location for a new Washington Commander Stadium, where would you uh, where would you plop that bad boy down to have the Commanders call it home? Obviously, it would have to be in the city. <laughs> it would have to be in D.C. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty sad to think that the nation's capitals team, you know, not America's team. I didn't say that, but the nation's capitals team, uh, you know, uh, plays in Maryland and resides headquarter wise. We're all in Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia. Um, they really don't have anything to do with D.C. Uh, so, you know, that would be the first thing. You would have to find some space there. Unfortunately, the the areas where stadiums were popping up, they're all filled now with Nationals Park and Audi Field for soccer. You know, all that's downtown. The Wizards Capitals play downtown. Uh, Washington's the only Washington pro team that's not downtown. And, um, you know, so the, the best place for me, I would say, the old RFK stadium, you know, you build around that. Maybe, maybe it's RFK too, you know, but you build around that area. But I think, you know, that's the part of DC that's come up quite a bit. And, um, you know, people moving in now, restaurants popping up, they don't want that there. So it's going to be tough for them to find a state, a stadium space in DC. But for me, that would have to be the place you could have the backdrop of the Capitol and the monument. It would just make for great TV. 
Yeah, I mean, I think anywhere right now is more ideal than the setup of FedEx Field, and hopefully, you know, it gets uh, situated sooner rather than later. Lake, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Let everybody know where they can check out all your work you're doing covering the Commanders. Uh, you can check me out on social media, on Twitter, at Lake Lewis, on Instagram, Facebook, which I call the, the old people social media. It's uh, Lake Lewis Jr., um, and then, of course, you can go to sportsjourney.com and our social media for sportsjourney.com is sportsjourney.com. So we try to keep it the same. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'm a morning anchor on uh, ABC News here in, uh, in West Virginia. Um, and I'm also a, uh, uh, you know, contributing insider for ABC back home in D.C. Uh, for the team. So uh, you look me up. It'll be up there somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to be a one heck of a game on Sunday looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll be talking throughout the game but again appreciate you hopping on the show and uh looking forward to this big matchup on Sunday all right good times my friend good be back on with you hopefully we do it again real soon absolutely big thank you to my man Lake Lewis Jr. for hopping on the show sounds like it's gonna be a battle through the air potentially down in DC aka Maryland uh but I think the Eagles are gonna have themselves one hell of a game. I think the defense is ready to play, continue to step up and progress from that week one gashing that they took, and they showed that on Monday Night Football, and I think it's going to continue to trend in that direction. And the offense has looked phenomenal to start this season so far, so I'm looking forward to Jalen Hurts and company going down to FedEx Field and shredding up the commander's defense for the world to see. Eagles, commanders, Sunday, it's going to be a doozy, and we got you covered at Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And, of course, leave those five-star ratings and reviews because it helps more people find the show. It's where you get full audio of Eagles enemies every single week during the Eagles season. And uh, you also get Underground Sports Philadelphia twice a week on that feed, plus the Dan Russo show during high school football season with Vineland High School Football. And it helps more people join the Underground community when you subscribe to the podcast feed and you leave five-star ratings and reviews. Let me know how you're feeling about this game uh, coming up on Sunday. And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of Eagles, Enemies, and every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast that we have to offer under our network's umbrella. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on this matchup, and let's enjoy another Sunday of Eagles football, and hopefully next week when we're talking Eagles-Jags, we're talking about a 3-0 Eagles team on the road to victory. But this has been another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. And until next week, you already know the deal. It's always Go Birds! <laughs> <laughs>